Skelly Oil Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you three times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. But first, I have something for every fellow and girl who'd like to fly an airplane someday. It's something you someday. It's something you someday. It's something you someday. It's something you should know. An airplane pilot can tell from the sound of his motor just about what's happening inside. Now, a very good way to learn about motors is to practice listening to the motor in your family car. For instance, on these snappy February mornings, maybe the car sounds like this when Dad steps on the starter. When your motor sounds like that, you know something. You know at once that it hasn't got the right kind of oil. That wheezing, groaning sound tells you that the oil in your family car has turned thick as molasses because of the cold. Now, oil that turns thick as easily as that is bad for your car. It doesn't lubricate properly. It won't let your car start fast. And even more serious, it won't flow quickly the instant Dad steps on the starter. So actually, your car starts almost dry. These dry starts, due to the wrong kind of oil, are perhaps the greatest cause of motor trouble and repair bills. So if your motor groans and starts slowly, you remind Dad he should change to oil that is free-flowing in cold weather. And of course, if you're a friend of Captain Midnight, you want him to try Skelly Tagoline oil, I know. Tell Dad that Skelly Tagoline is especially made to flow freely even at below zero temperatures. Tell him it rushes up into the motor quickly, surges to all moving parts, and lubricates them properly and safely. And equally important, it stands up mile after mile, keeps the motor protected under hardest winter driving. So tell Dad tonight to try Skelly Tagoline winter motor oil. And now to Captain Midnight. In the search for clues as to Chuck's disappearance, Captain Midnight and his friends investigate an isolated landing field. On it is a shack, half hidden under the trees, where Captain Midnight and Fred Hilton go to investigate, while Patsy and Steve go to examine some airplane wheel tracks which had attracted their attention. Suddenly, Patsy notices that Captain Midnight and Hilton are waving to them to come to the shack. Our scene today opens with Steve and Patsy as they're hurrying to Captain Midnight and Hilton. Listen as Patsy says. I guess Captain Midnight and Mr. Hilton didn't find any smugglers in that shack after all, Steve. Ah, uh, no, Patsy. But they must have found something important or they wouldn't have motioned us to hurry back. We should have looked at the tracks of that other plane. But we can do that as soon as we find out what's going on at the shack. Well, I just can't make myself believe that Chuck could have been out here in this forsaken spot like this. But, gee, Steve, he must have flown very near this place. Because it's almost on the course between the field where he met Mr. Hilton and Ridgeville Airport. Well, sure, but what reason could Chuck have for landing? I'll try to figure that out afterwards. Just kept midnight, Mr. Hilton. Hey, what'd you fellas find out? Take a look in here, Steve. It's really quite interesting. Have you found any trace of Chuck? No, Mr. Donovan, not yet. But we may before we get through. Well, what's inside the shack? All right, come on in. Oh, by George, can you tie that? Gosh, what's in here? Five-gallon cans of gas. Just look at them. There's a lot of empties, too. But look on that other side. Hmm. Cans of lubricating oil, too. Yes. What about that far corner? Loop and loops. A radio set. Not only a receiver, but a transmitter, too. 
They used a small gasoline engine to run a generator. I guess you found what you were looking for, eh, Mr. Hilton? Yes, I think so. This must be the smuggler's main refueling base. But what would they use the radio for? Well, you can't tell about that, Patsy, but it'd come in mighty handy. They could listen to weather information. With that transmitter, they could send messages to other fields of their own. Besides keeping in touch with their planes in the air. Yes. Right. And if we can make it tough for them to maintain places like this, we'll lick this smuggling racket. Well, I guess you didn't find anyone here, did you? No. But someone's been here, and recently, too. There's a pot of coffee standing on the gasoline stove, and it's still warm. Whoever was on duty here is probably back in the woods somewhere now. He evidently saw us land, knew we were strangers, and took it on the lamb. But, gee, how did he know we were strangers? Well, that's easy, Patsy. He probably knows in advance every ship that's going to land here. And when one comes in that he isn't expecting, he naturally is suspicious at once. Well, the only trouble with all this is that it doesn't give us any clue about Chuck. Just a minute. I'm not so sure about that. We all know that Chuck left the field where he met Hilton Westeth here. He was headed straight for Ridgeville Airport. At least we must assume that he was. Oh, well, sure. All right. While he was flying on his course to Ridgeville, it would have been very easy and very likely, too, that he should spot this field. And we figured that Chuck would be suspicious after my telling him about this smuggling racket. Yes, yes, I begin to understand. Well, to go on, Chuck might have seen a plane on the ground here. Perhaps the one which made those tracks. Gee, that's quite probable, because that big plane must have been here very recently. At any rate, whether he saw a ship on the ground or not, Hilton and I figured that Chuck would have landed to look the place over. Particularly if he happened to see this shack under the trees. He wouldn't miss an opportunity like that. The next question is, if Chuck did land, what happened next? Very well, now, let's speculate a little farther. We know there must have been at least one man in this cabin. And maybe there were a lot more. Particularly if that big plane was on the ground. Now... Suppose Chuck and Young Crane landed, came up to this cabin, and were captured. And maybe killed. I don't think so, Patsy, although he can't overlook any possibility. But going on the assumption that something did happen to them, where is their plane? It'd be rather difficult for Chuck's plane to be hidden around this field. Well, someone could have flown it away. Right. That's a far more likely theory, Steve. You mean, and have left Chuck and Frank Crane around here? That's possible, Miss Donovan. In that case, we ought to search these woods, haven't we? Well, if everything else fails, we will. But there isn't much use for us to attempt it alone. There's too much ground to cover. If we have to, we'll get a lot more men and do the job thoroughly. What's the next move, then? Well, I've got an idea. Let's go back out on the field. I'll test it out. All right, come on. Let's go. Do I hear a plane in the air? Yes, Mr. Hilton. There, to the north. Do you see? Ah, must be one of our planes. Look in the country over in that direction. He's coming this way. Well, if he sees our plane on the ground, he'll probably land. By the way, Steve, what did you and Patsy find out about those wheel tracks? Oh, I meant to tell you, Captain Midnight. Yeah? Uh, there's a soft place in the ground right ahead there. Mm-hmm. Now, the wheel sank down and made a perfect impression. If you want to, when we come back, we can make a cast of the tread. That's well, Steve. We may do just that. There are the marks just ahead of us. And very plain, too. Well, what do you make of them, Captain Midnight? Hmm. I don't think we're going to find out much from these marks, Steve. They were made by a large-sized tire, which is almost standard for most heavy planes. You're right. There are probably several hundred ships in the United States whose wheels have the same tread. Right. Let's look at the marks made by the smaller plane. There they are, a little bit farther on. Steve and I didn't have time to look at them before you motioned us over to the cabin. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's what I wanted to look at anyway, Patsy. Well, come on, let's go forward. That ship in the air is getting closer. I think... Yes, I think he's seen us. He's headed this way. Here are the marks made by the smaller plane, Captain Midnight. They went through the same soft spot that the larger plane did, and you can see them just as clear. What? The open loops. Oh, what's up, Patsy? What do you see? Look at these tire marks, Captain Midnight. Yes? They stand out so clearly in this soft ground. I'm sure I've seen the same marks before. Just a second, Patsy. Let me... Yes. You have seen these marks before. That's the idea I was thinking of. The tread of the tires on that Moberly Chuck was flying was a very peculiar design. 
And here it is, staring right up at us. You mean, you think Chuck landed here? I'm almost positive of it. Say, look up in the air. That plane, it's rocking its wings. Uh, it's one of our ships, all right. I know what he wants. He wants to talk to me. Come on, let's get back to our radio. Yeah, that's what he wants, all right. Come on, everybody, get back to the ship. Gosh, Steve, he must have discovered something. Do you suppose... Do you suppose he's found Chuck? I don't know, Patsy, but we'll find out in a second. He's evidently pretty much excited about something because he doesn't want to take the time to land. All right, here we are. I'll get in first and you pile in after me. All right. All right, now. I'll switch on the receiver. Calling Captain Midnight. Calhoun calling Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight answering Calhoun. Go ahead. Take off and follow me. Okay. Message received. I'm taking off at once. Captain Midnight signing off. By George. Do you know about that? Oh, gosh, Captain Midnight, I hope Chuck isn't hurt. Now, wait a minute. Don't jump to conclusions, Patsy. We'll get there as quickly as we can. Looks like bad news. That was Chuck's plane, all right. Are you sure? Positive. I noticed a tread mark on the ground, which is the same as the one we saw in the other field. The tread design of the tires in Chuck's plane. Gee, some of the other ships could have landed. I know, Steve, but I saw just the same. There's something else. On the other side of the wreck in those trees is a piece of wing fabric that didn't burn. It's blue. The same shade of blue that the wings of Chuck's plane had. And just between us, it looks pretty bad, doesn't it? No, Fred, it doesn't. Come on out in the field a little bit farther. I'm going to show you something. We're right with you. Will have you found out something? Yes, Steve, I have. I'm absolutely positive that nothing has happened to Chuck. At least, not yet. Well, what makes you so sure? Wait a minute, I'm going to show you. Oh, here. Here we are now. Now, look down there. Higher tread marks. Large ones, just like the ones over at the other field. Exactly. Now, I want you two to look at something very carefully. You're both pilots, so you should see it almost immediately. Shoot right and shoot. All right. Now, I'm going to reconstruct what happened on this field. As you see, it's a long, narrow, two-way field, just like the one we came from. Yes. Now, looking from this point... You can see the tracks made by the landing of the two planes. Yes, I see them. And they look just like the ones we saw at the other field. Exactly. That big transport plane and the smaller plane, whether flown by Chuck or not, we don't know, came in here and landed. Now then, look on the other side of us. Tell me what you see there. Well, the big plane must have taxied past the place we're standing, then turned around and took off. Yeah, that's absolutely right. He didn't bother to go back to the other end of the field to turn around, which proves that when this happened... There could have been little, if any, wind blowing. Yesterday morning, when all this probably happened, there was no wind at all. Yeah. But now, what about the smaller plane? You can see where it landed. But, do you see any marks where it took off? No. At least not down the long way of the field. Correct. We know, then, that the small plane did not take off the long way of the field, as any sensible pilot would have done. Hmm. Instead, the small plane must have taken off the narrow way of the field. It couldn't clear those trees, so it crashed and it burned. I can't imagine anyone being that stupid. No, neither can I. Well, I, I just can't get this thing through my head. If Chuck was in that plane, why did he try to take off the narrow way of the field? An attempt which was practically suicide. Chuck wouldn't do that, Steve. Now, listen to me, you two. The other pilots have made a thorough search of that burned plane. The ashes are still warm, which proves that this whole thing happened within 24 hours. But the important thing is, no bodies have been found. I'm glad of that. But I'm like Steve. This thing has sure got me buffalo. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you something. When Chuck's plane took off, there wasn't anybody at the controls. 
Well, can Captain Midnight's deductions be correct? And yet they must be, because we know that Chuck and young Frank Crane were imprisoned in the rear compartment of Ivan Shark's plane. What else will Captain Midnight discover? Listen to the next adventure and find out. Tune in to Captain Midnight. As I told you a while ago, an airplane pilot's ears tell him a lot about his motor. And if you listen carefully, your ears can tell you lots of things about your family car. For instance, you may have heard cars that made a noise like this. Now, when you hear a humming like that, you know that car has worn out gears. And probably they're worn because the owner forgot to change to wetter gear lubricants when cold weather came. Now, here's how you can help keep this from happening to your car. Remind Dad to have your Skelly man check the gear lubricants in your family car. You see, Skelly wetter gear lubricants are especially made to lubricate perfectly in cold weather. They don't get stiff and heavy the way old summer gear lubricants will. And the Skelly man at any station knows just the right weight for your car and for your weather. So remember, tell Dad tonight to have your Skelly Man check the gear lubricants of the family car. And don't forget to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight, brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. If Captain Midnight is right, and there was no one at the controls of Chuck's plane when it crashed, what did happen? Be sure to listen Monday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and... Happy landing!